Jason Street went down the first game of the season. Everybody wrote us off. Everybody. And yet here we are at the championship game. 40,000 people out there have also written us off. There are a few out there who do still believe in you. If you'll never give up on you. You go back out on the field, those are the people I want in your minds. Those are the people I want in your hearts. Every man at some point in his life is going to lose a battle. He's going to fight and he's going to lose. But what makes him a man is that in the midst of that battle, he does not lose himself. This game is not over. This battle is not over. So let's hear it one more time. Together. Clear eyes, full hearts. Let's go! Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Dynasty Kings Fantasy Football Podcast, Season 2, Week 16, Championship Week Edition. Coming to you live from Nevada, California, your host, Andrew Skaggs, joined, as always, by Ben Goldstein. Hello, how are you? Ben? Hey, was, you can hear me, huh? Yeah, perfect. Okay, cool. Sorry, you just cut out there for a tiny bit, but... It's going great, man. Happy Hanukkah. Thanks. That actually ended. It's over. I know. All the holidays are over, dude. It's over. Oh, it's so done I'm, for. Gotcha. So I'm not allowed to, to wish no. that. Okay, no holidays anymore. It's over. We're moving on. Bah humbug. I actually like that because I hate the holidays, so I'm, I'm stoked <laughs> on that. Specifically, actually, this, this past I am holiday. ready to move on, but I am excited yeah. for New Year's Eve day, not because of the yeah. holiday, just to watch the football, you know, the college championship. Yeah, absolutely. I'm actually attending a basketball game right in between both uh, wow. both matchups. So not the ideal timing, but I'm also not that mad because I don't really care that much, but I will be able to watch most of the Georgia-Ohio State game, which is what I care more about than the first one, but it should be interesting. Me and uh, me and Rob both talked, we'd laughed several weeks back now. We went to the Colorado TCU game. That was mm-hmm. Colorado's home opener this year. I might have already yeah. mentioned this on the podcast, but um, I was laughing like 10 weeks into the season when TCU was undefeated. I was like, Rob, do you realize, like, we were kind of like drunk and high when we went, but like, I was like, do you realize we saw TCU play in person? And, like, they weren't, like, impressive at all. It was, like, 3-3 at halftime. Like, it was, like, they eventually pulled away. And I think this might have been before, been before Max Duggan took over his quarterback. Say, yeah. 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 It was just hilarious. And I'm like, do you realize, like, we've seen a team that's, like, ranked in the top I'm five? Or, like, yeah. Didn't even cross my if, mind. I'm trying to remember if Duggan started – or, like, they had, like – I don't know if he, like, started, but, like, he split reps with, like, two other quarterbacks – and then some injuries happened, and then Duggan had to like start, and now you know he's Heisman, he's Heisman hopeful. So pretty cool story, right? Certainly was. Uh, we were we had the under that day, so we were fired up about it being three to half time. It ended up getting extremely close because TCU poured it on in the fourth quarter. Mm-hmm. So I don't know what the over under was, but it was something they did that, that all year long. 50s, but they did that all year long. 
Yeah, should be interesting. Uh, who do you like? Quick prediction, two games. Uh, Georgia and Michigan. Understood. They're the one and the two, correct? Yeah, so chalky. But then give me Michigan over Georgia. Okay. That's not so chalky. like it. Then uh, let's talk about professional football. Uh, before we do that, Wednesday, December 28th, 2.09 p.m. Pacific time. That's what uh, time zone I'm in right now. 3.09 p.m. Mountain Standard Time, 5.10, clock just switched, p.m. Eastern Time, although Bosco is on the West Coast as well. Not sure where William is for his holiday, but he might be on the West Coast as well. Actually going to see Bosco in person for the first time in a while tonight. Pretty excited. Fantasy oh. golf draft tonight. You know, we do all how's the fantasy a, sports out there. So How's uh, how's California in gener- general? It's great, man. It's, uh, you know, really great. Not uh, actually. I'll, I'll I'll admit I haven't seen as many like masks as I thought I would. Um, <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I'm just giving you guys a good time. No, that's I a know. Bumper, that's a bumper sticker that. I've seen around here in Arizona. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Everyone says it, and quite frankly, like now that I don't live here, like I'm down to pile on California as well. You know, it's a pretty chill place. Um, Is it kind of yeah, cold here today? Mid fifties and sunny, so no. But it has been raining this week. It's um, rainy and rainy and like 50 degrees here, dude. It's kind of cold. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, considering when I left Denver on last Friday, it was negative 10. That's, That's true. Good, yeah. To be honest. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's a beautiful day. Let's get into the Taco Bell takeaway of the week, Ben. I'll get us started. This isn't new news. I like to talk about the top teams a lot. That's just what I do. Uh, but I believe there are six Super Bowl contenders, three in the AFC, three in the NFC. The Buffalo Bills, the Kansas City Chiefs, the Cincinnati Bengals in the AFC, as well as the Philadelphia Eagles, San Francisco 49ers, and Dallas Cowboys in the NFC. I personally would be shocked if someone outside of that group won the Super Bowl or even made it there, quite frankly. Minnesota, they keep stringing together wins, but they're a walking heart attack. Every game's super close. They've got the talent to do it. They're just so sketch. I just, it just would surprise me if they got through those other teams in the NFC. Miami. Really falling apart. Tua can't stay upright. He can't complete passes anymore. More concussions. It's just kind of, their offense still looks good. Guys are open, but he's just struggling to be nearly as efficient as he was earlier in the year. Ravens and Chargers, um, you know, because of Lamar Jackson and Justin Herbert, you know, you can't completely rule them out. I just don't think those teams are healthy or deep enough, you know, for to make a, a deep, deep run. And then the rest of the playoff picture just aren't Super Bowl contenders, whether it's the Jags who are a good story or, you know, the New York Giants or the Commanders or you know, Jets or Patriots or whoever is still, like, slightly involved. Um, I just, All right. I just... I'm holding an AR-15 to your head. Okay, dude. Gun to your head. Wow. Wow. Yeah. It's, it's really getting – this is getting violent. This is getting really violent. Yeah. Who's your Super Bowl pick right now? Give me, you know, AFC, NFC, and then the winner. Go. I'll go Bengals over Eagles. Okay. All right. Like it. I like that. That's actually kind of a swaggy matchup. Very. There's not very um, many non-swaggy matchups amongst those six teams. No, there is not. I was just curious kind of what you were leaning to. Um, I, yeah, I, I lean – I lead Kansas City and probably Philadelphia. That That's probably where I'm leaning. So, yeah, yeah. I get you. I read uh, for the Bengals – more so than yeah. pretty much anyone else these days. I um, no, that's and da- Dallas. I just I think they get tripped up. I do like Dallas, of yeah. course, but I think I think they get tripped up somewhere. 
Yeah, no, rooting for the Bengals is definitely a uh, that's that makes a lot of sense. Uh, I was going to discuss two quick things. Uh, first was kind of some breaking news, and that was Derek Carr being benched um, in favor of Jared Stidham, which is just, you know, hilarious and probably a sign to say, hey, you're done here in Las Vegas with the Raiders, and you're probably going to be shipped on out here soon. Uh, actually, probably just cut, to be honest with you. Um, so it'll be interesting to see what the Raiders do at quarterback this offseason. Um, and then you spoke a little bit about the Dolphins and Tua. I am curious how Tua was able to keep playing on that Saturday <laughs> that they played. Um, with, no, you know, Sunday. Christmas Day, baby. You're right, Sunday, the three games. Yeah, I'm just curious how he was able to keep playing with all these, you know, professional doctors and concussion spotters on the sidelines and i remember honestly it's hilarious i know this sounds like you know i know anthony's probably gonna send the like the lebron gif when i say this but like <laughs> i remember when i remember that play when Tua like fell on his head he got sacked by the legs by like the ankles and he like you know got the whiplash on the head and i remember being like "Ooh, i hope he's okay and he got up and he was fine but then everyone's saying that was the play and I'm like, well, if that's the play, maybe we should take him out. Like, you see the whiplash. Maybe we should take him out and check him out really quickly. And now here we are. And So he didn't get evaluated at all at that point? No, he didn't get pulled out. He kept playing. Like, he just stayed in the game. And I, I will say he acted – he didn't act like he was, like, concussed. But at the same time, like, you have the concussion spotter for a reason. Like, if you if you think that, like, the guy just took a big hit to the head, then maybe you should take him out and – check him out really quickly, especially the guy that's, you know, had some brain injury uh, history in the past. So, you know. Yeah, and his stats directly reflected, you know, very poor play after that, after that play. All three of his interceptions were after that. Certainly interesting. Um, You got to wonder, you know, someone as religious as Tua, if, you know, if that was just, you know, God telling him to stay on the field and keep playing. Um, you know, because it's all part of his plan. Not sure. Um, yeah, I mean, him and Russ, God's not yeah. really helping out a lot, you know? Nope. Nope. Uh, but, yeah, on the Raiders thing, that part's interesting. So the way I interpreted that tweet was basically if he were to get hurt in these last two games, not be able to pass his physical, that's where they would owe him the $40 million. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, 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 yeah. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah, it's definitely interesting. I do agree that it's a sign that things are moving on. I mean, I think the riding was on the wall for a little bit this year. Um, you know, he's been linked to a lot of other teams, potentially. Guys like Rodgers and Brady have been linked to the, the Raiders. Um, you know, everyone kind of figured Josh McDaniel would just come in and just, like, do some stupid fucking shit because he's a terrible person. Um, but, yeah, it's interesting. It's also just, like, blatant tanking, which is, you know, interesting. I'll be curious to hear if anyone's kind of takes that angle. Um, cause you know, they're certainly in the mix to have a pretty high pick now. Um, and yeah, just like, you know, uh, we're, we're literally benching our, you know what I mean? That's an interesting like, angle to think about the tanking. That's, I know, uh, especially like benching with, a healthy quarterback just to be like, Hey, yeah, we're out of it. I know like you don't, especially you don't actually I've, want to see Stidham. Like, yeah. And I've heard some rumors, especially with Caleb Williams and, um, Drake may coming to the league in 2024 that, the NFL is really looking into, uh, you know, 
putting a stop to tanking. So yeah. it'll be interesting. Yeah, you're. That's, and I don't. That's and I don't think it's really been too much of an issue over the years. Truthfully, like here and there, you no. get some bad situations. And even this year, it's like you know the Texans are obviously putting out like a pretty terrible product, but at the same time, like they didn't have a ton of other options. Um, And and frankly, they won another game. What's really interesting side note that has nothing to do with this really is that the Texans and Colts play each other the last week of the year. That'll just be interesting because the Colts are obviously a dumpster fire, but those are two teams projected to be in the top five. I, and I think if Den, I think Denver's the only team that's got three wins still, I might be wrong there. But I feel like if Houston got the three wins and Denver stayed at three wins, like that could bump Seattle all the way up to the first pick, if I'm not mistaken. Because Houston, yeah, I think I read something like well. if if Denver loses this weekend, it secures a top five pick at least. So yeah, interesting. Yeah. So anyway, I was just thinking to myself, oh, like it would be very interesting if the Texans won one more game to kind of make the first pick in jeopardy. And then I realized that they played the Colts. I'm like, well, that's a very very reasonable game that they could win, especially since they're playing a bit better lately uh ben let's get into the semifinals recap the final four in the dynasty kings fantasy football league some big time matchups to determine the championship matchup bellify island 134 maz meatloaf the dream season dies 125 put up a solid fight certainly the absence of jalen hurts uh was not helpful at all Tom Brady only had 11 points in his absence. In general, still a pretty solid week. Obviously, 125 is a very strong score from Oz Meatloaf. 21 from Eckler. 27 from Kittle was massive. 20 and a half from Leonard Fournette. Uh, but some other guys, Josh Jacobs, only four and a half points. He's been incredibly consistent. Mark Andrews, just five and a half points. He's had a bit of an up and down season with kind of the quarterback situation there. Chubb, mm-hmm. 10 and a half. AJ Brown, 13. Tyreek, 12. Those are all very reasonable scores just for guys of that, that profile. Wasn't quite enough. Uh, on Joe's side, great production from the top of his lineup. Just 12 points from Tua. All those interceptions definitely caught up to him. Just three points from Aaron Jones. Inexplicably, they just didn't use Aaron Jones at all in the game. The Packers make no sense. Like, I know Joe tweets about it a lot, but it truly makes no sense at all. Especially when A.J. <laughs> Dillon's just, like, running into the line for, you know, two, three yards at a time. Like, I think – I just think they could both be on the field more often. They could utilize – if they're going to throw the ball to the running back, definitely get Jones involved there. He only had, like, four carries in the game. It was ridiculous. Anyway, Justin Jefferson, 25 points, as usual, fantasy god. Tyler Higby with a massive 25-and-a-half. If I'm not mistaken, Ben, and I will confirm this in just a moment, I'm pretty confident that Nick traded Tyler Higby to Joe this offseason because I had originally included Tyler Higby in a trade where I think he landed on either Joe or Bosco's or on Nick or Bosco's team. And then I'm pretty confident that Nick ultimately traded him to Joe. It was either that or it was just a free agent pickup. I can't quite remember. Either way. It wasn't a a free agent because I know I had him and traded him. And so I I don't think he would have been dropped because he's not a drop-worthy player. Either way, Snides, you got Tyler Higby'd. Yeah, it sucks. Devontae Smith, 27. James Conner, 20 and a half. Derek McKinnon, 10 and a half. Darius Slayton with a solid nine. And then he did survive the original Thursday night game was Jacksonville with Jets. Zonovan Knight had one and a half. That's back-to-back weeks over 134 for Joe. That's how you get it done in the playoffs. Hashtag championship DNA. Any thoughts on that matchup? You just, the last, you know, championship DNA hashtag. (laughs) Just what Joe has. Um, 
I mean, who who saw Tyler Higby happening? You know, as I said, Snives, you got Tyler Higby. It happens to the best of us, though. Um, I did. I'm not gonna lie. If you listen back to the tape, I said that AJ Brown was gonna have maybe an okay game, whatever. But I was thinking that Devontae Smith was gonna have a great game. So you call both matchups. Every once in a while, once every once in a while, I get it right. I think in the initial podcast where we went through the entire playoffs, I think you had. Joe, I did yeah. have Joe. And Scott. I, I think you had Joe versus Scott. Yeah, which is I sick. Did. Yeah. Um, I couldn't find the Tyler Higby details there, but we digress. It looks like he was traded from Bosco to uh, to Joe, <clears throat> so not uh, not an indictment. This one's hilarious. This was the whole <laughs> one of the condition ones on September sixteenth of twenty twenty two. So right as the season started, Joe got Tyler Higby. And Joe agrees to amend the conditions of the Kareem Hunt trade to make the top <laughs> tier of the outcome and at running back four instead of running back eight. So I, I, I don't, I guess Bosco didn't really get anything from that because Kareem Hunt wasn't good enough. But interesting stuff nonetheless. And then that one was interesting too with both of these matchups. They just dragged on so long because you had a Thursday game, the full slate of Saturday, the three games Sunday and the Monday. And like, there was stuff at play the whole time. It was just like, cause you know, Eckler still in theory could have gotten over 30 points on Monday night. It just like felt like these matchups went forever. There were so many ebbs and flows, just interesting to follow along. That game was always pretty tight. Joe eventually pulled away. And then the other semifinal Scott's tots, one Oh six golden bandits, 87, certainly a much lower scoring semifinal matchup here. This other side of the bracket has been lower scoring in general. 23 points from Joe Burrow, 28 and a half from TJ Hawkinson. That was the big number. Pollard with 10, Keenan Allen with 15 and a half. No one else over double digits. Five guys under double digits. Solid nine and a half from Gabe Davis. Solid eight from Montgomery. Juju, Miles Sanders, Christian Kirk really didn't have good games. Again, only scored 106. Um, so it wasn't a crazy high output. And then on Anthony's end, Daniel Jones actually filled in nicely for Kyler Murray with 20 points. McCaffrey did sneak 12 points in there, had a late touchdown for that. Derrick Henry, steady as always, with 17. Amari with 10, Joe Mixon with 13. But the big one, Stephon Diggs with only three points. Last three games just haven't been the same for him. Dalton Schultz, five and a half. Corderell Patterson, two and a half. Mike Evans, three and a half. That totals up to 87. Tough year. Both the top seeds look really good. Lost, what, a combined three games total? Yeah. Um, and here they are, both losing in the same week. Just didn't have the uh, the juice that they had in the regular season. Hate to see it. Hate to see it as well. Hate to see it. Um, but I was just thinking, like, you know, Joe's got that championship DNA. Snide's luck could run out a little bit here, as it did. And uh, Scott's team has just been on a roll. It's just been They're hot. We'll see what happens. It'll be a good playoff match or a good championship matchup. I'm excited to see what happens. Absolutely. We'll uh, we'll dive in a little bit deeper to that championship mm-hmm. matchup. Projection looks very close here on Wednesday afternoon. As with last week and as with last year, we will do our favorite segment, Folgers Farewell, to the two teams that are no longer with us in this playoff hunt. We'll start with the Golden Bandits. MVP, I'm going to highlight Derrick Henry. The gift that keeps giving, uh, really his only issue is, is poor quarterback play. There's really nothing else I can say poorly about. Derrick Henry is still a stud. Everyone kind of expects him to you know, fall off eventually, and, and that day will come eventually, uh, but certainly didn't come this year. Certainly ironic that 
he is going to be doubtful to play uh, tomorrow night. Um, that would have been a major blow to Anthony's team had he advanced. But yeah, just really consistent. A handful of games where he was four games where he wasn't in double digits, but those were eight, eight, seven, and four. You know, certainly the impact of of the Ryan Tannehill, Malik Willis uh, roller coaster impacted him, but he was the third ranked running back on the year. So just a steady piece there. Who's your MVP for the Golden Bandits, Ben? Yeah, this hurts, but I'm going to go with Christian McCaffrey. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, just been a stud, uh, PPR stud at running back. Uh, finished right right behind uh, Derrick Henry overall with less than yep. nine less points. But um, I'll just go with McCaffrey instead of Henry here. Yeah, and I actually had McCaffrey in my ballot first, but I wanted to save him for trending up. Uh, Anthony's roster doesn't exactly uh, exude young talent, so there's not a ton of guys who are on the rise as far as their careers. However, I did include Christian McCaffrey because, quite frankly, he transitioned from A, being a very injury-prone player to playing a full season this year, and then B, transitioned from being on the Panthers to the Niners. Um, that's a you know great offense. It's perfect for his skill set. Certainly trending up. I don't think he has like a ton, a ton of years left in him just with his injury history, the running back position, how that all goes. Um, I forget how his contract has worked, but I think he'll be in San Francisco for at least the next couple of years. Anyway, that's trending up just as, you know, a win now team with Anthony. Certainly Christian McCaffrey is, you know, providing an impact uh, moving forward. Okay. Yeah. I'm going to go with Kyler Murray. Um, I think Cliff gets fired. Yep. And I think that ownership hopefully gets, you know, someone in there that uh, Kyler is willing to work with. Um, you know, not, yep. I, not, <laughs> like not, a that I, not that I want to, you know, meet this guy's needs, but like you got to try to make it work at this point. So, yeah, like you said, a babysitter. But yeah, so I think Kyler can only go on up from where he's from. To be honest with you, I think he's too talented not to. So give me Kyler Murray. Yeah. Yeah, like we said, not a, a ton of candidates that are kind of in the yeah. early stages of their prime, but he certainly fits the bill. Obviously, I hope he, as much as I'm not a huge Kyler fan anymore because he seems like kind of a punk, but uh, hopefully he recovers well from the ACL. He is a fun player to watch. That whole thing in Arizona has just been a really weird deal lately. Uh, trending down. He's one of my favorite players, but I got to go with Mike Evans. Hasn't scored a touchdown since week four. Uh, his thousand yard streak will continue. I believe he started every year of his career with a thousand yards, which is like a record. Um, he's, I think, I, like 83 yards away, two games left. They are still in contention. So he'll continue to play, assuming he's healthy. Eight single digit fantasy games this year. Only one game missed due to injury. So it wasn't that. Just a cloudy future with, with Tom. Uh, I think everyone kind of agrees Tom's either going to retire or go to a different team. Uh, that, again, we just talked about Arizona being a weird situation. Tampa's been a really weird situation. Ironically, they played each other last week. Um, not a horrible season by any means for Mike Evans, but just considering what you're looking for, only a handful of games and double digits. Had one blow-up game of 26 points week four, scored two touchdowns. Again, that was the last time he scored. Is getting older. You know, he was in that same draft class as your Odell Beckham Juniors and your Jarvis Landry's and Sammy Watkins of the world. Um, you know, it's kind of funny to look back and all of a sudden it's like, whoa, those guys are like kind of old now, especially playing a position like receiver. So, yeah, just not exactly trending in the right direction. I still think there's plenty of juice left in the tank for Mike, but it's got to be some kind of perfect storm of like good QB play, you know, some kind of turnaround in Tampa. I'm assuming he's still there contractually for a bit longer. 
but yeah, just not uh, the arrow would not be pointing up for him. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah, it's a good choice. I'm. It's tough for me here, but I do think. Hold on, I'm doing one quick Google search here. And... It's got to be Nick, Nick Foles, right? Trending down. Yeah, well, he was second, my second <laughs> choice. I'm going to go with Derrick Henry. Um, I do think that he's getting a little older. He's old definitely going he? to uh, turn 29 here, actually, pretty soon. Uh, okay. Birthday is January 4th. Um, happy, bir- happy early birthday, Derek. There we go. Happy birthday. He does have a lot of wear and tear on him, not just from the NFL, but also from college. Um, yeah, and I see yeah, that one here. Yeah, that was crazy. Um, so I just assume at some point it's got to fall down a little bit, and um, I'm just going to just call it right now, say it's going to happen. So, um, again, he's a beast, so I wouldn't doubt if he completely goes out there and just – you know, rushes for another 1,500 yards, but let's just say it happens next year. Yeah, I mean, it is fascinating. I believe they still, like, kind of have to stay with Tannehill for one more year with mm-hmm. the way his contract's structured. But say they did even, like, find a way to get rid of him, turn it over to Malik Willis, or even if they kept Tannehill, who's clearly trending down as well. Um, just interesting because, like, they've got to make some upgrades on that offense so that they don't yeah. have to lean on him nearly as much. Like, if they bring in Malik Willis and they just continue with, like, the pounded offense, but Malik Willis isn't scaring anyone with his arm, that's just a a bad recipe for an old running back, quite frankly. Uh, Let's talk next move, then. I said either – I mean, make one last run with this squad would be first and foremost. No one – you know, if we go through it, I know everyone's not looking at it in front of their computer. Christian McCaffrey, Stephon Diggs, Dalton Schultz. Derrick Henry, Amari Cooper, Joe Mixon, Corderell Patterson, Mike Evans. Uh, not a ton of interesting pieces on the bench, but Cole Komet's there. Kyler Murray's there. Obviously, we talked about Gusecki. Paris Campbell was okay this year. Anyway, not a ton going on on the bench here. But say just even listing off, like, yes, all those players are a little bit older in their prime. But I also don't expect, like, any of them to necessarily, like, fall off a cliff next season. Like, maybe Corderell Patterson, if Atlanta brings in another – you know, running back and he gets shipped to another team and it's more of kind of just a gadget player. Who knows? Um, but none of those guys seem like they should necessarily completely be irrelevant next year. So I think he's, you know, he went 11 and two this year, clearly has plenty of talent on the team, but not a lot of depth. So either you make one last run with this squad or you flip some of these high profile pieces for more depth, whether, you know, obviously the goal would be younger depth, but in general, you could, you know, obviously some of these hot big name players like a Derrick Henry, like a Joe Mixon, like a Stephon Diggs, would all warrant, you know, draft picks and or mm-hmm. um, and or like, you know, a bundle of players. Uh, so it'll be interesting. He doesn't have any draft picks until 2026. So it's certainly not coming through the draft unless he, you know, miraculously hits on fourth rounders. Um, and yeah, when I say no draft picks, I mean, first, second and third rounders all gone. Um, yeah, definitely one of the older teams. Knowing Anthony, you know, he's made a lot of moves to be a contender. I think I don't think he'll just sit tight and sit on this exact roster. I think he'll decide, you know, some of these guys I want to keep, some of these guys I want to, you know, make trade bait, um, and then kind of have a little bit of turnover, but still have a very strong mm-hmm. contender for next year. Uh, I think it's time to flip it all, fire sale, yeah. just, <laughs> just, just sell it all out, go all out for picks, Bosco style, um, yeah. picks, maybe a couple young studs. 
uh, just build from the ground floor and you'll be ready in like three or four years. You know, you'll be back, but then you'll be back with a nice, <laughs> young, strong squad. So, yeah, um, we've been talking about it, Anthony, so might as well just go through with it. Yeah, that's that's the mantra of all the teams that want some of those good players. Um, I think, I mean, the interesting thing is, first and foremost, if that's going to happen, would be Travis owns his first round pick next year. I feel like it would have to be some kind of a deal where he got his own. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. going into a fire sale, you can't do that without your own pick. Um, and so I feel like that would be the first step is getting his own pick back, which is what Bosco did before he tore it down, is that he got his own pick back. And that kind of allowed him to be comfortable with that. Anyway, will be interesting there for Anthony. Let's get to Maz Meatloaf. The 13-1 and record-setting season, unfortunately, did not result in a playoff win. MVP, a lot of choices here. I went with Tyreek Hill simply because he was crazy consistent. He exceeded all expectations. I think, you know, everyone at least predicted some kind of slight drop-off going mm-hmm. from Patrick Mahomes to Tua. Um, however, that was not the case. I don't have the numbers exactly in front of me, but I'm assuming this might have very well been his best fantasy season ever. Um, he was the, I think, wide receiver three, something like that, um, or two, sorry. So he was very high up there. And really the main thing that gave him the nod over Josh Jacobs and Jalen Hurts is that Jacobs didn't play well in, in the playoff game this week, and that made a difference, and then Hurts was injured. And that's, again, no knock on Hurts, obviously. Um, but I just wanted to pick a guy that, that was as consistent as they come at receiver. And, uh, you know, he's still not, like, that old, and Miami's offense looks like it's going to hum for a bit with him and Waddle. So we'll see. I'm going to go with Josh Jacobs. I know you just said he didn't play well in the playoff game, but uh, averaging, you know, nearly 18 points a game this season and being the number one running back and being really a complete surprise, to be honest with you, is pretty big. So uh, I'll give it to Josh Jacobs there. Absolutely. Very worthy candidate there. Uh, As for trending up, I did want to save this one from the MVP conversation. So I did say Jalen Hurts. Simply because, you know, we talked about it a lot at the beginning of the year in the offseason. My main storylines, as I talked about a lot, was Miami and Philly. How are they going to look? They've added talent. They've added receivers. They've got these young quarterbacks who have been, you know, often questioned through their early career. Ironically, both of them went to Alabama. Um, you know, you, you figured you had a guy. Last year, he was really good fantasy-wise. He wasn't a great quarterback quarterback. Uh, but the rushing, you know, kept him afloat as one of the very top quarterbacks coming into the year. But he really just took Nick's team to a whole nother level when you have that consistent. I mean, he averaged 25 points a game this year. That's just like that's an unbelievable consistency compared mm-hmm. to having a quarterback that, you know, floats between 20 and 15 points. That just like makes a massive difference on a weekly basis. He's young. That offense is built around him. He's attached to A.J. Brown, to Dallas Goddard, to Devontae Smith. All in the long term, Miles Sanders will probably leave in free agency, but, you know, getting running backs is difficult. Um, So, yeah, I just think the next several years he's going to be a a stud fantasy quarterback, a stud regular quarterback. That's an exciting time to be an Eagles fan. Um, So he's absolutely trending up. Yeah, give me – that's a good choice. Uh, Give me Rashad White. Uh, Mm -hmm. I think that he's going to be the starting running back for Tampa Bay next, next year. Um, yep. And for maybe a couple of years to come. Um, and I just think that he's not a bad running back at all. So, yeah, give me Rashad White. And then kind of just – I'll just lead that into my trending down with 
yeah. uh, with Leonard Fournette. Yeah. Um, did I steal yours? Hopefully, I didn't steal yours. You did, but that's fine. That was a pretty. Sorry, I wasn't even paying attention. I apologize. Oh, it's fine. Uh, I, yeah, so, no. yeah, I would echo that. I would say this isn't an indictment on Leonard Fournette. He actually no. had a pretty, pretty damn productive year. 14th ranked running back, a lot of games and in, in double digits, had some blow up games. I mean, the reality is like I had Leonard Fournette last year on my team. He was great. Traded him to Nick this offseason. He was really solid. Like yeah. everyone's we've seen the whole career of Leonard Fournette. Like his body is just like not going to last that much longer. He's had injuries. He's battled weight issues, I guess. That hasn't really been a thing. But in general, like, everyone kind of knew, like, okay, there's probably, like, one, maybe two more years left of, like, relevance for Leonard Fournette. Mm -hmm. I have a feeling this was probably the the last year of true relevance. I also am pretty confident that he only signed, like, a one-year deal with Tampa. So I'm pretty sure he's going to become a free agent. With all of the younger free agent running backs, I don't know exactly what the market is. I'd assume he'll find himself in, like, a, a timeshare somewhere. But then I also coupled this kind of with the Mike Edmonds thing where it's like it's so cloudy in Tampa with, you know, potentially Tom moving on. And if Tom moves on, it's just like I just – okay, sure. Could they end up with a free agent quarterback like, a, you know, Derek Carr or something? Yeah, that would that would certainly be interesting and a good stopgap maybe. Um, but it just, it's, it's just an interesting time for Tampa. I, I, they have so many talented fantasy assets. I just don't know what it's all going to look like next year. Yeah, no, I, I get that. That makes sense. As for the next move for Nick Snyder, I just said make make a few minor tweaks, but otherwise keep it the same. He does have his own first-round pick, so he's got the number 10 pick. That's an opportunity to add a young piece or to use in a trade if he wants another veteran. Team is still pretty young, very talented, obviously. We talked about a historic season going 13-1, and setting the scoring record. Nick Chubb, A.J. Brown, Eckler, Tyreek, Josh Jacobs, Jalen Hurts, Mark Andrews, Rashad White, like we just talked about, kind of on the up. Those are all guys who are, you know, by no means like about to fall off a cliff. Certainly there are some guys who are a little bit more middle-aged, but, you know, Chubb's not that old. A.J. Brown's not that old. Josh Jacobs has been around for a little bit for a running back. Um, Mm -hmm. But with how he played, I feel like he's going to get an opportunity somewhere. It might not be in in Vegas, which would be kind of nice. Eckler, as much as I give him a hard time, I I still don't see him, you know, falling off all of a sudden. Devin Singletary, we'll see where he goes. Buffalo, I, I do think Buffalo will turn more and more to James Cook moving forward. Just younger back, kind of more versatile skill set, all that stuff. Um, but yeah, I think there's plenty of stuff there, quite frankly. Like, I think everyone's going to make minor tweaks because that's what everyone does in this league. And, you know, you always look for opportunities to get better, but there's really no no need for, for Nick to make too many wholesale changes. Yeah, I... Uh... I think it's time for Nick to blow it up as well. Uh, <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Uh, no, I think I think you're kind of the right track there. I think he's got um, that 10 pick, which, um, you know, he could either trade and maybe look for a younger player or some sort of flex option um, or pick someone there that he feels comfortable. That might be a flex option. Um, yeah. But I think he's got a nice young core um, and uh, he'll be okay. So, yeah, I think, you know, execute a couple of trades, even though no one should trade with him. Um, and, yeah. Yep, will be interesting. Let's go ahead and look forward to Week 17 Championship Week. Big Fab recap here. Two editions, both from Bees Nuts. Shane Zilstra for $10, and then Dante Pettis also for $10. Drop Brian Edwards in the process. Damn, Daniel. Damn, Daniel. Hate to see Brian Edwards getting dropped. The free agent receiver doesn't play for an NFL team. 
as always, fun to see guys who are just like, oh, interesting. Did not know he was on the team. Cool, cool, yeah. cool. Mm-hmm. I, I actually like Brian Edwards um, for a little bit. I there. did too. I did. I'm. I'm I, I don't know why he's a free agent, but I, I'm shocked that he's a free agent. To be honest with you, hell, that's Laquan like, Treadwell just signed with the Seahawks. So, oh, that's massive. Yeah, it's huge. Huge. Uh, fabulous edition of the week. We'll go with Shane Zilstra. He scored three touchdowns last week out of fucking nowhere. I would be so curious to know, like how like what percentage of fucking leagues he was started in and how fucking random if he had any kind of impact on like any semifinal matchup yeah. you know he does that'd play very, tight end that'd be very annoying would someone have have that he was going to get more playing time I, you know i know they've had a revolving door ever since hawkinson left but like damn that is just so random anyway we digress championship matchup it's a big one ben the number oh, can five I, seed. can i give my fabulous edition of the week yeah. <laughs> it would be yeah. Sam Howell. Yeah. Huge today. Yeah. Uh, well, it's funny because I saw some tweet that was just like, oh, like they'll give Carson Wentz an opportunity this week with the playoffs yeah. still on the line. And then if they get eliminated this week, then maybe they'll look at Sam Howell for the following week, Week, which is just funny to me because a guy who I've liked, I think I originally drafted him the rookie draft late, but the guy who I've liked from that class. But it's just so funny to me that they're like, Oh, well, like, if we're out of it, then we'll, you know, want to see what we've got with him. And I'm like, are you really going to judge him on that one game? Now, granted, he wasn't a high draft pick, so, like, I'm not saying he, like, deserves any opportunity per se. But it's like, okay, well, don't, like, make your decision on whether he's a potential, you know, future guy for you just based off a one week 18 start. Like, it'll be nice to at least see him play. He did have a pretty solid preseason. Uh, But it's just funny when I saw that. I'm like, I get it. Like, they obviously want to compete and they're still in the playoff hunt. So, like, they're going to do everything they can. But it's like. Anyway, we'll see. I guess there's a small outside chance that, you know, he could be their starter going into the next year. Um, They never seem to be bad enough to pick high enough to get a legit QB. I forget what Carson Wentz's contract situation is. Obviously, Heineke is like a really solid, like, kind of of better than a backup, but kind of not really. Um, So, yeah, we'll see. I did drop him, by the way, today, Zach, so. Who? Heineke? Yeah, so I know Zach might be interested, so. Yeah. Absolutely. 100%. Championship matchup, number five, Joe, versus number three, Scott. Should be a doozy, folks. Projection currently within three points. Joe, favored by 2.9, even though you can't technically win by 2.9. ESPN likes to do that to us. Currently has Jared Goff as a starting quarterback. Tua with his concussion issues, his turnover issues. His chosen son, Aaron Rodgers, not in the starting lineup right now. Rest of the lineup looks pretty similar. Aaron Jones, Justin Jefferson, Tyler Higby, Devontae Smith, James Conner. Brian Robinson Jr. gets the nod. He was not in the lineup last week, was playing the Niners, so that made sense. Jarek McKinnon and Zonovan Knight. He's still sticking with Zonovan Knight, even though he had a pretty brutal Thursday night game against the Jaguars. On the other end, Joe Burrow starting at quarterback, per usual for Scott. Tony Pollard, an interesting one, because he is listed as questionable for tomorrow night's game at Tennessee. If he plays, certainly an electric player, definitely an X factor here. Um, but if he's a little bit banged up, they obviously have Ezekiel Elliott, who's capable of handling the load. That'll definitely be a, a pretty big, uh, important piece of this matchup. Keenan Allen, TJ Hawkinson, Christian Kirk, Gabe Davis, Jerry Judy, Miles Sanders, and David Montgomery. Not a lot of changes there from the last couple of weeks. Interestingly enough, they played in week seven. Scott won 135.5 to 75.5. It's kind of par for the course for Joe, though. Some Just random a, like bl- yeah. blowouts back and forth, but 
it doesn't really seem to matter when it comes to this time of the year. We will see if Joe, uh, you know, makes any changes to get his proje- projection down a little bit. He does like being the underdog, currently the favorite by three. Uh, can we get a prediction from you, Ben? Oh, man, that's – all right, I'm just going to throw it out there. I don't think Tony Pollard plays, and I think Joe wins. Okay. Yeah. But I then – all right, well, here's a question on the fly. Who does Scott put in if Tony Pollard doesn't play? It's uh, a great question. Let me go look at Scott. Juju's an, Juju's an option, and Joku's an option. Jahan Dotson is an option. Oh, Latavius Murray and Deontay Foreman are options. There's certainly Romeo Dubs, Traylon Maybe Burks. Deontay Foreman, huh? I don't know. Yeah, fuck. He kind of came out of nowhere to go off again. Like, obviously, he had some really good games middle of the year. And then, like, I had him in another league. I'm like, wow, he's been kind of struggling. And then, boom, absolutely fucking goes off against the Lions. Yeah. Yeah. Well, a lot of options there. So, you you had Joe, you said? I'm going to go with Joe. I'll go with Scott just to have one one coin on on the other side. Again, it should be really close. All I can ever ask for in these matchups (laughs) is that it's, you know, comes down to the wire. In this case, will be very interesting. Because the Monday night football game this this week, game of the year, Ben, Buffalo at Cincinnati. That means Joe Burrow playing on Monday night. That means Gabe Davis playing on Monday night. So Joe will certainly want a comfortable lead heading into that matchup. Let's segue right into the Dynasty prospect preview presented by Duracraft Boats. If you want to, Ben, or we can go straight to primetime pick them. Completely up to you. Uh, yeah, no, let's just skip this today. Let's go to primetime pick them. Let's do it, baby. Ben, you are 21, 18, and 1. Wow. You were correct in getting Jacksonville, as well as the Chargers, who just mollywopped the Colts. Uh, and then you lost the Tampa Bay Bucks because they're a fraudulent team that should never be favored. Uh, I am 22 and 20 and 1. I won Jacksonville. I did lose both Tampa Bay and Indianapolis. Couldn't tell you what I was thinking. Fucking picking Indianapolis last week. Good signs. They looked good. Thursday night football tomorrow. We've talked about a little bit. Dallas at Tennessee. Tennessee getting 11 points. I don't know if that line was already altered by Derrick Henry being out. How do you see that one, Ben? Yeah, I think even if Derrick Henry's out, I'm going to go with da- or sorry Tennessee plus 11. Um, mm-hmm. I just think that's way too many points for a Vrabel coach team. Um, I do think they lose. And maybe lose like a touchdown or something like that, or something like that. I maybe like like back to, back door on um, cover eleven, but um, I just think that eleven is too much. So I'm gonna go Tennessee plus eleven. I'm gonna go Dallas minus eleven. I couldn't agree more with you that that is too many points. But here I am, pretty much always ride with Dallas. The, I didn't know Derrick Henry was dealing with any kind of an injury. To be honest, yeah. I you know kept up with the injuries because I'm not in any fantasy leagues uh, playoffs anymore. Yeah. Um, so that surprised me. I don't, I agree completely with the Mike Rabel thing. It's just when we're talking Malik Willis and, you know, Dontrell Hilliard, God, Malik Willis is just not providing anything lately. I mean, they fucking got blown out by the Texans. That's about as bad as it can get. They should bounce back from that. Dallas doesn't necessarily have a ton to play for. They're pretty locked into that five seed, uh, but we'll see. We'll just go Dallas minus 11. Don't feel great about it. This game, that's too bad, too, because that game, if you had looked at it, and there's plenty of games where you can say this. Obviously, Monday Night Football's had a terrible run of games late in the year. 
like Dallas at Tennessee Thursday night near the end of the year should have been a good game that meant something. Yeah. That's for sure. Um, obviously, unfortunate with the injuries in Tennessee kind of just tanking at the end of the year here. But that, that was a good matchup on paper for sure. Sunday night football, Pittsburgh at Baltimore. Baltimore favored by two and a half. NFC North, sorry, AFC North clash. How do you see that one going, Ben? I'm going to go with Baltimore minus two and a half. Um, is Lamar playing? That's a good question. I'm not sure that he is. But I think even if he's not, I just think that the the Ravens – sorry, the Steelers are not that good of a football team. I think nope. Tomlin's a great coach. and keeping them in, in, in games here and there. Um, but I think that the Ravens are fighting for a playoff spot. No, the Steelers are too, to be honest with you. But the Ravens are actually competing for a playoff spot. Um, and I think that <laughs> they don't – you know, beat them handily, but I think, you know, four to six points sounds about right here for me. Yep. I'm going the other end. I'm going Pittsburgh plus two and a half, which I guess means that I think Pittsburgh's going to win that game. I've just been kind of out on the Ravens lately, if I'm just being honest. Um, yeah, I didn't know whether Lamar was playing or not. Huntley's kind of proven to not be good. I'm not a huge surprise there. Pittsburgh, I don't know. I've just been riding with them lately. It doesn't mean they always cover, but they have been pretty solid lately, plus two and a half. Kenny Pickett, you know, is definitely an upgrade over Mitchell Trubisky. Intriguing young player. Got a solid yep. offense. On the road, don't feel great about that. This is really a toss-up for me. Baltimore, yes, does have a lot to play for. I think, honestly, what got into my head was just that, like, the Steelers have never had a losing season under Tomlin, and they're at seven and eight right now. I'm like, well, shit, they better get to eight and eight if they want to keep that streak going. That's true. That's uh, an amazing streak. We don't talk about that enough. That guy, that's pretty awesome. Yeah, he's a great coach. Great coach. And, and they're like the ultimate fan base too. Where like even when they're like in a little bit of a rebuild here, like mm-hmm. they're the ultimate fan base. We're like, no, we're not fucking you know playing yeah. for draft picks. We're playing for pride. Like that's not what we do. Like we'll yeah. we'll get who we get when we get yeah. them. Um, and certainly with Pickett, they're, they're, they're not going to be in the quarterback market. So it's not yeah. like a huge thing to fall a little bit in the draft. Yeah. Anyway, don't feel great about it, but we'll go Pittsburgh plus two and a half. Monday night football, like we talked about, it's almost as if ESPN teased us week after week after week with terrible fucking matchups just so we could get to this final one. Buffalo at Cincinnati. How do you see this one going, Ben? Yeah, this feels like a game that uh, Burrow – pulls out, plays really well. Um, and I'm going to go with Cincinnati plus one, um, probably to beat the Buffalo Bills at home, by yeah. the way, uh, yeah. the Bengals. Um, so, yeah, give me Cincinnati plus one. Just feels like a game that the Bengals pull out and Burrow, you know, just does his thing. Absolutely. Yeah, I'm very excited about this matchup. It's, it's I'm already making plans for that Monday. You know, being at a certain location to watch this game. Also got a little Vegas Golden Knights, Colorado Avalanche playing wow. in Colorado. Um, but the thing is, man, I was going to go to that hockey game because Vegas is my squad. Mm-hmm. However, I saw this game was on Monday night. I'm like, I can't fucking miss that yeah. game. And then it's like, oh, I could just like hang out at home. It's a Monday night, except you can't watch the fucking Avs games because they're blacked out because, you know, TV rules are fucking dumb. Fucking so we're going to get ourselves to a an establishment to watch both of these games have a great fucking January 2nd night. Uh, all that being said, I will be taking Buffalo. I think this is a situation, Ben. Buffalo wins this matchup, 
And then they get a rematch in the playoffs, and Cincinnati gets revenge at that time. I could really see it going both ways. Obviously, I mean, these are, to me, two of the three best teams. I like all the AFC teams slightly better than the NFC teams. This is going to be awesome, two of the best young quarterbacks. And these two we haven't seen play very often, if ever. I I might be wrong. I don't remember ever seeing these two play against each other with Burrow and Allen. Uh, Allen and Mahomes play against each other all the time, certainly a couple times in the playoffs. I don't believe we've seen this matchup, so I'm fucking excited, that's for sure. Not that I can think of, huh? Yeah. I mean, Burrow's only been in the league for, what, his third year, so it's not crazy surprising. That's a wrap, Ben. Beautiful week of football. Best of luck to Scott and Joe in the championship. Legacies are going to be changed. We're either etching Joe's name for the second consecutive year on the Cole McDonald, or we've got a brand new champion to add to the ranks. A Scott team that came into the year with the 11th best win percentage in the league has a chance to completely rewrite history. Let's have a beautiful fucking day and happy holidays, even though they're over, Ben. Good luck to everyone. Adios, amigos. Peace on earth.